hey everybody, family, friends, and even some strangers that actually gave me a review, which I think is getting super exciting about this podcast. Uh, happy Monday morning. I hope you are going to set the intentions to have a fantastic week this week. I'm not exactly sure. This is Kenzie's, if you know who my family is, my daughter Kenzie is in grade 11 and she does online learning and we are wrapping up this semester. And so the intentions I have set for this week is to stay calm, keep breathing and get Kenzie through finals. So <laughs> wish me luck. I would I would love to be in your thoughts and uh, she definitely will need you in her thoughts this week as we are spending our weekend doing English and math and um, graphic arts and food studies and all the fun grade 11 things. Anyway, so I hope you're gonna have a fantastic week this week. Today's podcast is uh, maybe completely not something you are interested in and if this, podcast today uh, is not serving you, It that's okay. But I chose to talk about it because I get asked this question a lot. And I get asked it a lot from the average general person in my life, not just nutrition clients or gym clients, but just generally people want to know why I have chosen to go gluten-free. So I have been gluten-free for 12 years. I think it's been 12 years. I know I can remember the week that I did the experiment of trying to cut out wheat and my kids and my husband were away. And so I've gone back into the photos on my phone of when he was sending me photos of their trip. And I think it was 12 years ago. So I've been gluten-free for a long time and I just, uh, there, there's so many health benefits for me that I probably will never go back. We'll see what technology and science and things can do to create a kind of um, wheat that isn't uh, as difficult for my body to digest down the road. So I'm never going to say never, but for right now, I feel better when I am gluten-free. And people ask me all the time, how do you know that I should have done this? So I thought I would just tell you a little bit about the journey that I went on and where I was as a kid and how I felt and then what changed when I went gluten-free. So when I was young and a kid, and this was before things were like being diagnosed and trendy, like I don't even know if there was a whole lot of celiac and Crohn's and things like that being diagnosed. People just had gut issues. You know, grandma has lots of gut problems, that kind of stuff you would hear people talking like that. And I was just a kid with uh, with lots of stomach problems. My mom did take me to the doctor often because I would complain of stomach aches a lot. Most of my childhood, I was complaining about a stomach ache. I remember going and being dragged to doctors and being pushed on my belly. And I remember doing all the things, telling them about when I went to the bathroom and how often I went to the bathroom, I had to have all those conversations with doctors and there was never anything wrong with me. And as a teenager, one doctor even decided to do a scope. So I had a scope done. Nope, there was nothing wrong with me. So obviously I wasn't like a really severe inflamed intestine celiac patient. I never had any bleeding or anything like that, but I just always had a stomach ache. And 
looking back now, I always had what we called a gallbladder issue. My gallbladder would act up and I would have like severe gallbladder attacks, like between my shoulder blade, low back, belly pains that would paralyze me at times. And the, my last gallbladder attack, um, my kids were really little, like Kata was an infant. I remember. And I had a gallbladder attack so bad that standing was not even pop. Corey ended up having to carry me down the stairs. We called an ambulance because he couldn't drive me because we had these two little kids and didn't know what to do. He put me in an ambulance and oh my goodness, I don't think like not giving birth to neither of those kids hurt as much as that evening did with my gallbladder. That was my last gallbladder attack. I haven't had one since thankfully, cause I don't wish that on anybody. And it would have been about 12 years ago. And so anyway, Corey has an aunt named Leslie, Auntie Leslie. I think she might listen to this podcast. So shout out to Corey's Auntie Leslie. She's a brilliant woman and she is a RN nurse and has always been sort of the, the family's physician after his grandpa passed away, who was the actual family physician. But Auntie Leslie knows a lot of stuff. And about 12 years ago, she read The Wheat Belly by William Davis. And when she read The Wheat Belly, she was convinced that you know, everybody should be reading it and trying to figure out whether or not they needed to be um, looking at their intake when it comes to gluten and, and the wheat and the way wheat is processed now in compared to, you know, 60, 70 years ago when people were eating it and having no issues, what the soil has done to our produce, things like that. So anyway, I was cleaning the RCMP detachment at the time and always looking for a good audiobook and anything anybody recommended I would download to listen to and I really enjoyed being part of conversations about books now that I had learned that I enjoyed audiobooks and was doing it while I was cleaning because for years people would read a book and talk about the book and I would not sit still long enough to read the book so I never knew what anybody was ever talking about so I thought okay Auntie Leslie's telling everybody to read this book and everybody in the family is probably going to read this book. I am going to listen to the wheat belly just so that I can be part of the conversations. Oh my word. He was one chapter in and I thought he was actually giving, writing my memoir. Like everything he was talking about, about the symptoms that people can be experiencing when they are having what he was calling a wheat belly. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. So as I was listening to this book and finding it incredibly interesting, I thought, I think I'm going to try to go gluten-free and just see what happens. Like I'm a pretty determined human. And when I set my mind up for something, I usually can do it. So I wasn't worried about, oh, you know, I won't be able to make it a week without eating bread or cereal. I knew I could do anything for a week because I'm real stubborn that way. And, but I chose to do it because my husband, Corey, was planning on taking the little girls out to BC to see his family, to see Auntie Leslie and Auntie Rini and Grandma and Grandpa. And so while he was going to be gone with these little girls and I was going to be by myself, I was going to get to decide what I was eating for the whole week. And it would be a way easier uh, transition into going completely gluten-free. So I did. Corey put the got on the airplane with the little girls and I swore off 
gluten for a week. I was only three days into eating a gluten-free diet before I started to feel better, but the data was a little skewed. I was sleeping better. I was more alert, but come on, my husband and my kids are gone. I should be sleeping better. (laughs) I should be more alert. I should be happier. All of these things were probably because I got to have the bed to myself and set my own schedule and nobody was crying in the middle of the night and the meltdowns were at a significant reduced level. So I didn't know if it had anything to do with being gluten-free or not. I just knew that I was having a really good week. And I didn't want to say to Corey when he came back with those kids, listen, buddy, I've had the best week of my life. I've never felt better. I didn't want to say that because it seemed like that might be rude. So what I decided to say was, I'm feeling better uh, now that I've gone gluten-free. So I think I'm going to try it for another week. So stay tuned but I'm, I'm not eating like toast and cereal and things like that. And I went back to cooking kind of our regular stuff and the kids certainly weren't going gluten-free. There was goldfish and Cheerios on the daily around here. Um, but I stuck with it and I maintained going gluten-free. The sleep quality was the first thing that I noticed improved and I was not willing to give up and go back for. When I was a kid, I used to have crazy interrupted sleep with these vibrant dreams. Like, and I and I could never describe them. I would try to tell my mom about these dreams, but they were like vivid, wild, crazy colors and noises. There wasn't necessarily people in them, but speeds, if that was making if that makes any sense to you guys. My dreams would get fast and they'd get slow and the colors would swirl. It was like I was on a psychedelic acid trip in my sleep and I'm about like eight years old. And they would be scary because things were moving fast, but they weren't things moving fast. It was just colors and noises moving fast. And then they go so slow that I would be scared of how slow things were moving. And I and it was like you were watching a movie in really slow, annoying motion. And this would go on and I'd have these crazy dreams that just staying awake was easier than sleeping like that. And that happened often as a kid. Like I remember lots of nights just laying awake in bed, wanting to stay awake because going to sleep was just like crazy. And I think now that I know more, I think it was my blood sugar spiking, going up and then dropping. And I think I was just super, um, not regulated as far as my blood sugars were concerned, that my sleep was like this. And even in the university, I remember the colors and the, and the sounds wouldn't be going on, but the crazy dreams, like, and I remembered every one of them. I had a dream book beside my bed that I got for Christmas one year because I always woke up with the craziest dream stories. And so I don't know, maybe a roommate or my parents, I don't know, somebody bought me a book where as soon as you woke up, you could write your dreams down. And then The dream book also had like ways to interpret the dreams, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a big part of what I did was these crazy dreams and writing them down and what my subconscious was doing to process. I went gluten-free and it was almost immediately I stopped having dreams. I have the odd dream now and it's usually just when I'm stressed. Like at Christmas time, I'll remember dreams just because I'm busy, not because 
I'm stressed in a negative way, but because, you know, when life gets busier, I'll have a dream or two around busy seasons, but I almost never dream. But I think my sleep quality has significantly improved to the point where I'm just in a really good deep sleep and not half in and half out with my blood sugars all over the place. And the only reason I kind of thought it was maybe my blood sugars when I went gluten-free and had better sleeps is because my blood sugar also stopped spiking during the day. So before I went gluten-free, I was called the uh, granola bar junkie. I never went anywhere without a granola bar. Never went anywhere, not even to town for the mail, because when my, when my blood sugar dropped, it dropped. And I was tested for diabetes on more than one occasion for all kinds of thyroid conditions and problems. Um, they, I would tell the doctors and the nurse practitioners and the women's health clinic, like, listen, when my blood sugar drops, it's crazy. Like I get sweaty and I would describe how sick I would feel and how I would need to eat a granola bar to feel better. And they would test me and I was perfectly fine. I, my levels were always normal and I never had anything wrong with me. And, and my mood, oh my goodness, when my blood sugars dropped, I became like a demon. And so Corey learned early on to also never leave the house without a granola bar. <laughs> I remember we went on a road trip one time and everything was fine. And I, we were talking and listening to music, probably 90 something or other. And uh, everything was good. And then I would just turn into this like total bitch. And I was bitching about everything and yelling at him about stuff. And he would just nicely pull out of his pocket a granola bar and hand it to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm really not angry with you. I'm just hungry. And I realized that it wasn't funny anymore. It wasn't my my hangry that we joked about really wasn't that funny. And there was something going on. When I went gluten-free, that leveled out so much. I'm not going to say I never get hangry anymore, but it takes hours and hours and hours. Like it's an appropriate amount of time without food in order for me to get to that point. It's not like an hour like it used to be or maybe two hours. Like I could never have gone from breakfast till lunch without eating before. There was no way I could have. Now, not all of that is because I went gluten-free. Most of that is because when I took gluten out of my diet, I replaced it with lean proteins and fruits and vegetables. I did not replace it with a whole bunch of packaged gluten-free options. So there's, there's definitely was nutritional improvement in my diet when I chose to go gluten-free that have made a lot of health benefits, um, I, I've gained more health benefits because of the way I chose to go gluten chose to go gluten-free. Gluten-free does not equal healthy. It does not equal sugar-free. And sometimes the gluten-free options are less healthy and higher in sugar than the regular, like uh, cereals and breads and things like that. They can actually be less healthy for you in other areas. When I, and there was less, 12 years ago, there was way less gluten-free options. So when you took bread out, the gluten-free option for bread was like terrible. It was a cardboard, terrible, terrible, terrible. You just didn't want to have toast. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to just have gluten-free toast. No, you're not. Cause that's, it was disgusting. There's toast now that you can have and it's not as terrible and we, we eat it, 
but most of most of what I substituted the the wheat for was lean proteins, fruits and vegetables. And so my diet just improved going gluten-free that way as well. Um, so anyway, all of this is going on. Uh, this has been a process. There were times when I would say I wouldn't, I didn't declare myself gluten-free one day and then never, ever ate another thing. There was definitely times when I thought, okay, well, I don't have to be completely gluten-free. We can go out and I can have like in a restaurant, if I'm going to have a hamburger, I'll just eat the bun. Like just one bun's not going to be the end of the world. And at the beginning, it wasn't uh, air quotes in my fingers here, the end of the world, but I sure didn't feel good. And it was hard to tell, am I not feeling good? Because when we eat out, I also probably had deep fried stuff and we don't do that very, we don't have a deep fryer. So I wouldn't have anything deep fried most of the time. Wasn't really sure if it was the wheat causing problem when we were consuming it or if it was the other things. Anyway, I uh, decided that I was just going to try to go back to, I talked to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, if you want to, if you want to be diagnosed with celiac, you have to be tested again and you have to be tested with an inflamed gut. And I decided, no, I'm not doing that for three months. I'm not feeling like crap again and not sleeping again for three months. I am never going to get tested for celiac. I'm not going to inflame my intestines just to get this proven one way or the other. So I just didn't ever get tested again. And because I, I'm pretty certain, I'm pretty certain I was tested as a kid for celiac and it didn't show up. So I wasn't going to go down that road anymore. And I didn't need a designation for any particular reason. And then part two of going gluten-free is my daughter, Kenzie. So I have this little baby who has stomach trouble most of her toddler years. She has a tummy ache and she sits on the bathroom for hours at a time with this tummy ache. And this is before I'm gluten-free, but I'm thinking to myself, I, I hear you, sister. I've sat with a bellyache most of my life. I know you've just inherited my bad guts. So I take this kid to the pediatrician and I tell the pediatrician she's got these bad guts and stomach aches all the time. Celiac and, and things like that are a lot more popular now or recognized or people are aware of them. So Kenzie was definitely diagnosed with, or not, sorry, not diagnosed, definitely tested for celiac and Crohn's disease when she was three years old and everything came back totally fine. The kid did not have any diagnosable disease, but they labeled her as failure to thrive. She was in the third percentile on the growth chart. She wasn't getting any bigger. She had high anxiety. She never slept. She never slept. I tell you that kid was awake and vibrating all night long, all the, all of her years before she was about six or seven years old. And I was gluten-free for about a year and a half and talking to people about it. And I was talking about the things that I was feeling and how much better I was feeling going gluten-free. And Kenzie was about grade five or six. We tried to talk before I started this podcast. I said to Kenzie, when did you go gluten-free? And none of us can really, really remember when she decided, but we were at the farmer's market one day and I was talking to the honey lady about the benefits that I was feeling now that I was gluten-free. And we walked away from the farmer's market and Kenzie looked at me and she said, mom, I think I need to try to go gluten-free. 
And I'm like, okay, it's pretty hard, but I think you should try too, because if you want to do something, (laughs) you are a stubborn little girl too, and you just will. So I said, I am 100% on board and supportive. And so she went gluten-free. And I remember there being one time from the time that kid decided that she was going gluten-free when she wavered on her decision and she was in the dressing room of the skating rink and the coach had brought in donuts for all the kids at the skating rink. And she didn't want to take a donut because she was gluten-free and she knew she couldn't, but she didn't want to hurt the coach's feelings and tell her she didn't want the donut. And so she just burst into tears in the dressing room of the skating rink because she couldn't have this donut and she didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings about the donut. Besides that, she has done amazing going gluten-free and I can't even begin to tell you all the benefits that we have seen in that kid's world as far as attention deficit and anxiety and you know she still she still has things like that that we work on and have strategies that are improving all of the time but her stomach doesn't hurt on a daily basis she she sleeps way better now way better Um, so there was a lot of health benefits that she noticed right away. She felt, and I actually think she is even more sensitive to contamination than I am. Like I can still go to a restaurant and order something that is, uh, gluten free or not gluten free. Like we, like if we go to a regular restaurant that has all the wheat based products in it and I order something that doesn't have a wheat product but it's obviously next to other things and going in the same deep fryer with other things. It doesn't really bother my stomach. Like I can get away and do that. I'm not that sensitive. She kind of is. She's getting more and more sensitive all the time versus less sensitive by any stretch. She, the, when, if she's been uh, at a restaurant and there's contamination, she does get sick. So she just has to be a little bit more careful and we just don't order and eat out much, especially for her. It just really isn't worth it. Like you'll spend $30 on an individual pizza for her. And then she's got a stomach ache after kind of defeats the purpose, especially when you can eat one of Corey's homemade pizzas. Like, why would you bother? So anyway, people always ask me, so should I go gluten-free? Do you think I need to go gluten-free? And I don't know the answer to that. There, I know that you can be tested for celiac and told you do not have celiac disease. And you can still benefit from a diet that doesn't have wheat in it. Because Kenzie and I are not celiac, but we don't digest gluten well and feel better without it. So to answer the question, should you go gluten-free? I I don't know. You should try and see how you feel. If if you're not feeling great and you feel better going gluten-free, then you figured out your answer. And I can't tell you that, but I get asked that a lot. Um, people always ask me too, what is the hardest thing about being gluten-free? And I thought about it when I was, when I been answering this question. And for the most part, it's the socializing, uh, that goes around food when you're gluten-free. So our family is the pain in the ass that people don't want to invite over because we're gluten-free. Um, we stress people out because they don't know what to feed us and they don't know if they're contaminating us. So they, we, we create stress for other people. Um, when Kenzie was little, my mom and dad learned a lesson. They, well, first of all, they didn't think that any was necessary. This is all just a bunch of bullshit. 
going gluten-free. Not, not necessary at all. They lived on bread every day and everything's fine. So my parents gave Kenzie a bowl of chicken noodle soup one time because, you know, those noodles, not very many noodles in a bowl. She's fine. At midnight, when she was puking noodles all over her little bed, I phoned my mom at midnight and I said, you know, those noodles, there is enough in there. <laughs> She's puking right now. So my mom felt terrible, terrible. And she has been on guard ever since. She is not trying to convince me that my kid is not gluten-free ever since that day. She never wants to make Kenzie sick ever again. And she will always be very mindful of that poor little girl and her diet. She was not setting out to make her puking noodles in her bed by any stretch. But we do stress out the social um, engagements for sure. It was always a big deal for like my family always wanted to like get a bucket of chicken and visit or go to Ming's and have Chinese food or that kind of stuff. And I think they still do a lot of that, but we don't get invited anymore because we don't we don't eat a bucket of chicken anymore and we don't eat the Chinese food and the uh, chicken balls. So I think that's the hardest part is so much of our Western society is um, or not just Western society, so much of culture is designed around food that when you don't eat what the rest of your family group or whatever, when you're, when you're not eating what your people are eating, it is really hard and really challenging. And other than that, there is nothing that I miss. There's nothing. Caitlin's come up with a cinnamon bun that's delicious. You warm that baby up and it is does just mouth-watering. So, you know, I'm not missing the gluten cinnamon buns and I don't really know what I'm missing. I just, uh, I feel so much better that I will never go back at this point. And if I do, it'll be because they've designed a way for the wheat to be processed now that doesn't um, sort of make it really, really challenging to digest. The other thing that I don't digest super well is corn. Like it's a hard one for me to digest. Like popcorn is a bad one for me. Oh, I forgot one other symptom that cleared up. Acne. I had lots of acne as a kid, like intense. And it went into my adulthood. Like I went to the, um, dermatologist and I got a prescription for like whatever that really, really strong medication is that people can take. And something didn't sit well with me with that medication. And I, and it was on my shoulders and down my back and I had body acne and not at all with going gluten-free. My body's not filled with the toxins that were being released through my skin. And I get the odd blemish now, like normal, normal acne, but the intense, crazy, bad skin that I had before and Kenzie too. She had every cortisone cream, prescription cortisone cream known to man for her poor little hands and her the the little spots on her cheek. We had all kinds of creams for those little cheeks when she was little and going gluten-free, she doesn't even doesn't have any skin trouble whatsoever. So, it's interesting because um we have two we have two kids, Kata and Kenzie. Kata seems to be tolerating gluten just fine. Like she sleeps well and she doesn't have the behavioral or attention and, you know, she doesn't have the foggy brain that Kenzie and I had. Um, but we often will say to her when her acne gets bad and when she gets injured, 
like doing weightlifting and things, she's an athlete. So she's prone to injury. When she gets acne bad and injury, we say to her, gluten-free, sugar-free, let your body have a break from the things that cause inflammation. Just take a break from those foods for a little bit. Increase your lean protein, increase your fruits and vegetables. Your acne clears up, your injury gets, your inflammation for your injury is reduced. You will heal faster. So um, she doesn't need to be gluten-free, but she definitely knows the role that those kinds of foods play into our digestive tract. And at 14, you do you do what your friends are doing. So I think that's important too. But I think she has the foundation to understand that sometimes some foods are just easier to process and digest. Anyway, this has been a long podcast. I'm going to wrap it up right here. I'm only answering this question because I've answered it so many times. People always say, why did you go gluten-free? And so there you go. That is the story. I hope you guys have a fantastic Monday. If this show is something you want someone else to listen to, like it and share it, please. And I am learning that if you leave a review, even if you didn't love this show, but just leave a review for the podcast in general, that's what moves this through in the in the podcast world and makes it available to more for more people to be able to find. So if you would do that, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you.